0: Magic Seekers and welcome to Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts Tracy and Shannon and welcome Welcome to our our podcast coven. coven.
1: Hello. Yes. Very happy to have you here, Laura. Yeah, I was going to say by me. I'm Laura. <laughs> From turns out uh, she's psychic and turns out it's haunted. And I'm very, yep. very glad to be stepping in for Tracy. Um, and full disclosure, you and Tracy actually sat down to have this chat the other day, but um, we did. The power, the recording gods were not on our side, and now <laughs> no, um, they weren't bless your heart, we're doing a redo, which means I get to step in and have the chat. So thank you, everybody, for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you're on the podcast. You're part of it anyway. So it's lovely to have your voice on here for an episode.
1: Well, I love it. I've been I've been listening along, and I'm massively fangirling the both of you so Aww. hard. I love, um, I love the magic that you guys bring, and I love learning so much and listening to you chat. It's awesome. So, oh, I'm thrilled you. to be here, and um, I'm secretly glad that maybe that recording didn't work out, so I get a little tired yeah on <laughs> this show too. So absolutely. We go. Um, yeah. So this week, Shannon, uh, we're doing talk on altars.
0: Yes, we are. We've had a lot of requests about altars and
1: what they are and what you do
0: and it is, yes.
1: (laughs) I love it. So where do you want to kick off with that? I guess explaining about
0: what an altar is. So essentially it is a sacred space for ritual and connection. Um, That's kind of the crux of it and it can be a little small space. on an altar can just be a little side table in your home where you might have a candle and you know some crystals and a little vase of flowers that could be your altar or it could be a whole entire table or a whole entire room just depending on how far you want to go with it and how much yeah. space you have I guess yeah Yeah.
1: okay cool and when you were saying about what to put on the altar like candles or crystals so tell me about the things yeah you put on it yeah So you put objects on there that are
0: sacred to you. So uh, as I said, if that's candles and crystals or any of your magical tools that you might use in your practice, such as um, statues of different deities, uh, you can also put anointing oils on there, herbs, um, different foods, symbols that you might work with. So really, yeah, it's any kind of item that is symbolic of your practice or what your intentions are or who you're trying to, connect with.
1: Yeah. So it changes, doesn't it? Like you change it all the time.
0: I think so. Yeah. Like I know some items on my altar stay the same. Um, I have a statue of the goddess Artemis um, on there all the time as she stays and I also have a beautiful uh, like big piece of amethyst that stays and yes, there's a certain number of items that I don't change but yep. yes, I'll seasonally change the crystals on there or the flowers or the different decorations and things like that um, to honour the season that I'm in on the wheel of the year or yeah. even like the full moon, new moon, that kind of thing, you can incorporate that into your altar.
1: Love mm. it, love it. Um, okay, so what about um, when do you use your altar? You you um, you mentioned just then with the wheel of the year and different seasons and the full mm-hmm. moon, new moon. So is there right yep. or wrong ways, or it's just how you're feeling it out, or what are the traditional ways when you would use the altar well, rather than just have it there?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's different types of altars too so um you might have an altar for your personal practice so that one would be oh okay yeah like something so for me at the moment because we're living in this tiny little two-bedroom <laughs> cabin yes <laughs> I used to have in our old house uh, I had a whole entire room that was dedicated uh pretty much to my spiritual practice so I did my yoga in there yeah it was oh, amazing wow. and it was like my little my yep. little dungeon but um yeah well, i must I'd be sing. missing <laughs> I really, really do. And I used to sit in there and like journal or, um, yeah, do my cards or that would be where I would meditate, where I would do my new moon intentions, all that kind of work happened in that space. So at the moment I have a little cupboard underneath our TV unit And that is my altar space. So I open the two doors and all of my magical tools and my altar is inside there. Um, but I do have a separate altar that's near, um, what's pretty much in our lounge room on a desk that we all share. And that is the one that I would set up for the wheel of the year, because that's more of our family altar, if that makes sense. And the one that's on display. Yeah. So there's one that you know, people can see when they walk into my home and then there's another one that I keep private and it's got my, you know, my really personal sacred items in
1: there. And yeah. Yours. And then you've got a family Mine. one. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 And also like if, say, if you're a, a kitchen witch, you might have an altar in the kitchen, like your herbs and oils and. Yeah. Once again, candles and statues and that kind of thing in there. Uh, if you're a green witch, you might have an altar outside in the garden that you might make offerings to the land spirits, um, you know, and do your practices that way. So, yeah, altars can kind of be, you know, you can just have one and it can be tiny or you can have them all throughout your home, garden. Yep. Yeah. They're just sacred sacred spots, sacred places that you can do ritual and connect
1: yeah. It's beautiful. Um, And one thing I have really noticed about uh, when you chat with Tracy on this show, mm-hmm. um, how you often reflect and it's usually Tracy reflecting on her life. And when you're speaking, she's like, I do that or I'm that, or I can relate to that. <laughs> and I just find myself sitting here going, gosh, I probably have, you know, in bunnies, altars all around my house and not even mm-hmm. realise what I was doing. Like, yeah. Um, and I've found that Listening to your shows, I'm sort of nodding along, going, "Oh yeah, I get that." Or, you know, when you were yeah. saying about a kitchen altar, like I, I, I've never called it an altar. I've never really realised that it was one, but it could be seen as one because I have like lots of um, like pickled chilies and all yeah. kinds of different, like you know, dried bay leaves in a jar and dried herbs, and then I've got this beautiful old silver serving spoon and it's worn from yep. from many years. It was my nanny Peg's and it was her oh, mum's wow. and they used to serve up their food in it and now that's right beside everything. Uh, there's also that's an beautiful. amethyst there. It's right near where I keep all my mugs on display as well yeah. and stuff. So it's like... Yep super magical I suppose when you're looking at it that way but I'm always Very in the much. kitchen making things so you know I you know yeah. that's just something I I do and I never really thought of it as such until you're just talking about it but that's there. yeah well that
0: spoon <laughs> especially sounds like such a sacred item that's been yeah. handed down yeah. and obviously would hold so much energy within that oh, So I love it it's- that's beautiful.
1: It's the only thing that um, I wanted from Nan. And I told her when she was alive, like we used to have yeah. such morbid conversations, but I'd say, Nan, when you're gone, all <laughs> I want is this spoon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I yeah. have a similar item in my home. Um, it's not on my altar, but it's right near it. Uh, yeah. A beautiful crocheted blanket that my na- my granny made. Yeah. And yeah, when she passed, I have that. Yeah, in the lounge it's room, so and it just beautiful. every time I look at it, it just brings yep. comfort and yep. memories. It's yeah, yep. beautiful.
1: You're and talking me, about memories. Yeah, yeah you. Yeah, go. that's
0: another thing you can have on your altar is photographs oh, too. So, yep. yeah, of your ancestors. Um, I do have photographs of my grandparents in my personal altar as well, mm-hmm. just to remember my lineage and and know that they're there. And yeah, yep. it's just a beautiful. Uh, another aspect that you can incorporate in your loved ones that have passed and yep. um well you were at my and ceremony and that's another time like a and altar you would definitely bring in those elements of photographs or items like your spoon and yeah. different things to bring in those those ancestral ties which is yeah it's just so meaningful and a beautiful practice
1: I did bring my a photo of my nanny peg to um to that sowing circle that was really beautiful to have her yeah. there I brought Bailey's in as well so that was nanny peg all over again <laughs> she was definitely there love
0: it yeah yeah for sure <laughs>
1: um so what else about altars we talked about many different ones I probably have one in my garden as mm-hmm. well without realizing it you know all your little seedlings yeah. and all your little pots and everything else um I liked how yeah. you mentioned that you, you can change it over time to do with all the different seasons and whatnot. So what's coming up? We have Imolk coming up on the 1st of August.
0: Okay. So, uh, yeah, you can kind of incorporate the the colours of the season, the foods of the season. Imolk is all about um, the goddess Brigid. So she's a fire uh, goddess yeah. and it's yeah. a fire um Wheel of the Year, so Fire Sabbat. So you can incorporate candles, those colours of Imolk. Um, Imolk's also about seeds and new beginnings and moving into the warmer months. So you can even pop your seeds that you're going to plant for spring onto your altar to infuse that energy. Yes, And is that something you're getting
1: into in another episode anyway?
0: We are, yes. In the next episode we'll be going right into Imolk and all of the kind of law behind it and um we delve right into the goddess Bridget and and different Ooh. rituals you can do yeah I can't won't wait talk to too much about that know, today
1: I think I was just reminding myself let's not get too ahead of ourselves um, because I do have a couple more questions on altars, and maybe because yep. I'm just being mindful of our audience like there'll be people like me that have really no blue clue or might be going oh gosh maybe I am a tad little <laughs> bit witchy from time to time. I think we um, all are. <laughs> yeah you know if we're being honest for sure especially our listeners. <laughs> um, yeah for sure. But just being mindful of people that maybe don't have an altar yet mm-hmm. but they're trying to sort of feel it out and think that they might like to have like start creating a little space for themselves um and you yeah. know you've mentioned heaps of different things like deities or crystals and mm-hmm. what's a few um starting places that would be obvious like maybe the season you're at at the moment and things that they hold sacred to yeah them. for sure yeah
0: for sure so if you're not um you know, into the wheel of the year and following that. You could even just start with winter. We're in winter. So maybe set your altar up to honour yep. this season, so incorporating things that represent that for you. Another beautiful um, basic altar is to set up for the four elements, so fire, earth, um air and water. I just had to think about that then. Yeah. <laughs> So, you can um, gather items that represent those different elements. So, for fire, it might be uh, like a, a red colored crystal, like carnelian. It could be a chunk of coal. It could be some ash from your fire, yep. um, a candle. So, candles there's all the different and I, ways. Yep. Oh, candles are beautiful. <laughs> and then for water, you know, you can incorporate an actual little chalice of water or a bowl of water, seashells, moon water. sand, moon yep. water. Yeah, anything like that that it represents water for you. Uh, also for earth, you could have uh, like rocks, crystals, a little dish of earth from your your yep. property. Um, for air, air is a bit more of a tricky one I find, um, but feathers, like feathers, feathers. can't go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and also bells. So they're probably two that I use on my altar. Um, yeah, so it's just bringing those elements in to honour those yeah, those four directions, four elements that are in, in the earth and also within each of us. So that's a, a beautiful way just to start. Yeah. Sounds so nice. And it's fun collecting things too. Like you don't have yep. to go out and buy things. You can literally find them. So go on a walk and yep. yeah, incorporate things that way. It's beautiful.
1: Be inspired by the toddler that's in with the In us all, you know, they always come home from walks with feathers, with rocks, with leaves, pretty sticks, and (laughs) magical wands. It's just a stick. Yeah. It's a magic wand. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. I love going for walks, especially with my four year old who brings home all kinds of things and she sets up her own, you know, would be altar in her room with all the beautiful things. You know, that's just what they do. So just remember that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And then at your altar space, if you're not sure what to do with it, um, yes. it can literally just be a little place that you walk past each day and just look at, and it's beautiful. So it might have a little vase of flowers and it just makes you happy to look at it yep. or to sit there. Um, you might light a candle each evening. I try and do that with our family altar. I'll just, when I'm turning yep. on the lights and lamps for the evening, I'll light a candle there just to
1: yep.
0: kind of keep that energy fresh. Um, but at an altar space, if you can meditate there, uh, you can journal, do your oracle cards, um, all that kind of work. The more that you infuse that area, mm-hmm. it, the more that energy builds and it's easier to kind of slip into like a meditation or, or to slip into journaling or to connect with your cards. Um, I find it's just like, it's like a wine glass, like topping up, <laughs> give, you know that beautiful beautiful energy each time you use that space so yep.
1: that gets that's better kind of the age. idea
0: yeah
1: it does it really
0: does yeah
1: I love that and what about um the directions as in north east south and west is there perhaps yep. a better area in one's home to have an altar or on the altar can you honor those directions
0: yeah for sure on your altar um like everyone's got iphones and stuff these days and they do have a compass app so you can yeah you can look up the directions um and see what resonates for you for me i was taught that in the east is air in the north is fire in the west is water in the south is earth but that's my lineage. So just see what feels right for you, because I know I've discussed this to Tracy before, yes, and she's I've like, "No, no water it. in the west. That's yeah. not right. It's in the east." And I'm like, "Well, that's fine if that's yeah. where you want to place it." um So yeah, placing those items in yeah. that area would be beautiful. With uh, the, and in regards your, the, to, yeah, you go. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> and in regards to like throughout the home, um, yes, it's completely up to you. Like it's wherever you feel may need some energy. So I have heard of, say, um, well, in my family, for instance, I'm my son and I are both water signs. My daughter's are air signs. My husband's an earth sign. So we have no fire. So mm. for us, maybe that's why I'm drawn to lighting candles because mm. it brings in that fire element to balance out our family dynamics. So that's Spends another way reason. you can think of it. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of incorporate that. Into your altar as well.
1: When you're looking at what needs balancing. Yeah. It's different for everyone, like you say. Um, Just going back to the directions and how things might seem flipped on its head every now and again, um, there's the northern Mm -hmm. hemisphere, southern hemisphere type thing and the clockwise, -clockwise counterclockwise directionality. And so you can see why people just feel it out and figure out what's best for them. Um, yes. I do find it interesting in the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere, even the direction that a vine grows up a tree is different.
0: Yeah, and the way They're the just, toilet flushes.
1: <laughs> yeah, but Simpson taught us all that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, But, yes, yeah, we're um, touching on that in the one that Tracy and I recorded actually about oh. how it must be Hard for people that have moved from one hemisphere into another, and I guess you lived in Scotland for a while, so you might yeah. be able to answer this of, like, how you would, like, seasonally feel like what feels natural to you. Do you. Like, do you feel more drawn to where you're born, like as in the seasons and the cycles, or where you're currently residing? I find that really interesting, and
1: yeah, how honestly, you would kind yeah. of, it would hmm. be different. It would, I don't know. I felt so. Um, you know, going somewhere that's completely different is, you know, disorientating anyway. And I went when I was in my early 20s, so I was still sort of figuring things out anyway. So I'm not sure that I was too conscious of how I was moving within the seasons. Um, But when it came to seasons over there, what I wasn't prepared for and I was completely ignorant to was uh, the sunlight and how different it was over Mm. there in summer and how it was was twilight at Nine o'clock, ten o'clock. It's amazing, isn't it? It was just it just stayed lit. It was beautiful. Um, yeah. but then on the other side in winter, it was just it was dark at at five mm. o'clock, it was pitch black. Um, so we yeah. were, you know, leaving to go to work in the dark and coming home in the dark. And it was, you know, it balances out over the space of the year, but I just had I had no idea about that prior to going there. And that was cool. Like, I mean, the summer was great. You certainly made the most of it, but the winter was long and cold and wet. Um,
0: I could only imagine how, um, like the wheel of the year that I follow, obviously, in the Southern Hemisphere, you can definitely feel those seasons. And obviously we're in the depths of winter right now, but it would even be more highlighted, I imagine, and magnified over there. Um, So those celebrations would mean so much more, like coming out of winter, it would be quite a big deal.
1: Yeah. Such a rebirth and, um, mm. But you know, in, in winter it was fun over there because I'd never been around snow and ice that much either. And to be yeah. in that, um, especially in Scotland, like we were idiot Australians just walking on <laughs> on frozen lakes and stuff and you know, breaking oh, the gosh. ice up and smashing it over each other's heads and <laughs> <don't> know, just <laughs> just being drongos. But it was good yeah. fun. We never had such fun like that before so there was all kinds of novelties of um you know spilling a drink and mopping it up with the tea towel and taking the tea towel outside and it froze overnight so it was just this stiff as a board frozen with the tea towel we did we then you know hit each other over the head with (laughs) took photos (laughs) holding this frozen tea towel it was just such a novelty (laughs) that we had no idea about but
0: well, I know when That's... we were there, it was a novelty to, yeah, be outside seeing at nine o'clock at night because you could. Like it yeah. was daylight. Yeah. When we were up in like the Highlands, it was amazing. Yeah, we'd walk around and we went to the ferry pools in um on the Isle of Skye and Ooh. it was like 8.30 or nine o'clock at night.
1: And
0: It was just, yeah, it was cool. We made the most of it. Party,
1: party, that party. And the
0: daylight. The gloaming, as my cousins over there say, that beautiful time of
1: that long. Yeah, have heard
0: that. Sunset, yeah, I love that word too. Gloaming,
1: so gloaming, the
0: mm, so glooming. It,
1: it would sound even way better with the Scottish accent too. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I think everything sounds better with the Scottish accent. As everything does. <laughs> I remember when we moved there. I had never thought that uh, we were just like, yeah, we'll just go to Scotland. It'll be fine. And it took us about two weeks to understand what anyone was saying. <laughs> we just think English is English. No, 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 no we just thought everyone sounded like Billy Connolly and therefore everyone was a comedian and everything that came <laughs> out of their mouth was hilarious without even understanding what they were saying, just the way they spoke and how nice and jovial they tend to be. We yeah, were just like, ha, yeah. ha, ha, you're hilarious. And then we're like, wait, sorry, we weren't actually listening to what you were saying. <laughs> we are just having a laugh.
0: Oh, yeah, I love that accent. It reminds me of, well, my mom and my yeah. family and, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I work
1: with a couple of Scottish people and I could just, I still just stop and just listen to them all day. I'm just like, keep talking.
0: <laughs> it's a very lyrical accent, I think, and mm. the Irish is the same. Yeah, yeah, I could listen to it all day.
1: Yeah, yeah. You never often hear that about the Australian accent though, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. But I'm proud. I'm a proud Aussie. Yeah same here. <laughs> so Shannon we yes. have a, a listener question. Are you oh, ready? For it? Cool. I'm ready. All right so this is from Karen from Bado Bay. Thanks Karen. Okay thank here you. Here we go. Yeah thank you. All right have you raised your children to be pagan and is it okay for them to be involved, involved in rituals such as the wheel of the year?
0: Okay that's a good one. So my husband and I haven't raised our kids to be pagan as such but we did make the conscious decision when we had Oscar who's our firstborn that we didn't want to get him christened we did a naming ceremony instead because we wanted our kids to be able to like decide on their own religion and if sure. they wanted a religion yeah. and their own belief system so um Yeah, so all of our kids have had, like, a naming day ceremony and instead of godparents, they have guardians. Um, And, yeah, we've basically raised them to think for themselves, I guess. Like, I'm very open with my beliefs and my rituals, so they've been exposed to that. But, um, yeah, I would never force it upon them. So, for instance, my son, he's very spiritual, um but doesn't kind of do any rituals as such. I don't know whether that's just a a boy thing and he's only 21. So Mm -hmm. um, our middle child, Evie, she's doing a a double science degree at Sydney Uni. So she's very analytical and questions everything, which I love. I think that's great. And we'll have really deep conversations where she'll, you know, question me about something that I'm doing uh we actually just had one this morning about Imolk and the yep. story behind it and about Bridget and um so yeah she's she will participate like she'll do um moon rituals with me she came to a sister circle recently with me oh, lovely but she kind of picks and chooses what aspects um that she wants to yeah do in ritual and then other things she just laughs at which is totally fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely. Like we, yeah, like we had a conversation where, um, you know, she was talking about when she moves out of home one day and she's like, oh, I'm not going to smudge my house. Like I think it's just like pointless. Like what's, why would you bother burning stuff? And, you know, <laughs> she yeah. just couldn't get her head around it. But then in the next breath she was like, oh, but I will put hematite crystals in the corner of each room <laughs> like for protection. And I'm like, okay, so you don't want to smudge, but you'll do the crystals. But she just <laughs> laughed and... <laughs> Yeah, so, and then our youngest, um, out of the three of them, she's probably the one that is right into it and she calls herself Aww. a baby witch and Aww. she does her own little rituals and spells and her cards and she'll make offerings to the land spirits when she feels like that needs to be done. And, yeah, so she's, um very much follows it, which is beautiful, but none of it's been pushed and I guess... Um, With the Wheel of the Year stuff, we do that as a family um, and they will be part of that ritual. So, for instance, we had winter solstice, so we had a beautiful big bonfire and we wrote our wishes down and popped them into pine cones and put them into the fire. So they all did that, um, but it wasn't forced or anything. We had a beautiful big feast afterwards with our neighbours and, Mm. yeah, so I think there's nothing wrong with your kids participating in the wheel of the year stuff because traditionally it was a community thing like you'd get together with with your family loved ones neighbors and celebrate uh the turning of the wheel so yeah,
1: yeah. it's it's a nice way to move through the seasons isn't it and it's a good reminder um to bring yourself back to that as well when you're um just revisiting where you're at within the seasons and the cycles, it's a good mm-hmm. reminder. It helps you stay on track and it helps you reevaluate every couple of weeks or every month or every three months where you're at and just to yeah. take a moment to stop. And it stops yep. you going in a, you know, spiralling really if you're given the yeah. opportunity to stop and reflect. It's, you know, call it what you will, um, whether mm. you've got the ritual around that or whether you've, got a reminder on your phone every couple of weeks to just check in to see where you're at and why you might be there you know you can label that any which way but it's a beautiful well I think personally it's a beautiful way when you're following the wheel of the year to move through every season and cycle
0: yeah and to acknowledge the energy as well I think um, yeah yeah because I know myself at the moment, I'm definitely in hibernation mode and, you know, you kind of want to be home more, even though we've obviously got this lockdown forced upon us at the
1: moment. Forced hibernation. (laughs) I know,
0: right? But regardless of that, um, yeah, like I know myself, my energy is a lot lower at the moment. I do want to be at home. I do, you know, you kind of go within and it's that introspection Mm. and that dormancy before, like I know things will ramp up again and my energy will return and I want to kind of get out there in the world again come spring and and you know as the months warm up and as we get closer you know to the summer holidays and that kind of thing but I'm just acknowledging right now um that it's okay it's okay to be a bit quieter at the moment and yeah yeah it's normal. Yeah it's you need that a time of rest. Time of
1: year. Yeah that's yeah right. and for someone that has no blue clue they might be thinking what is wrong with me you know I'm so tired. I don't 100%. See anyone. It's a thing I used right to do now that. in winter,
0: yeah. It is. I definitely, I think that's what I love about um, following the wheel of the year, even the moon cycles. It's given yes. me so much knowledge about my own cycles and my own energy peaks and, and when they drop again and that it's okay. Like you do not have to be on 24-7, 365 days of the year. It's not natural. You to, cannot maintain You it. can't sustain it, no. Know. No. And I think that's, um, if anything, I'm trying to instil in my kids, it's that to honour where you are right now. yeah, check in with the seasons, check in with the moon cycle if you are feeling a bit off and that can sometimes explain a whole lot. Um,
1: Absolutely. (laughs) If you're feeling off and you don't know why, have a look at where you're at. Just take a beat to see where you're at with your own, like you said, with your monthly cycles and where you are at seasonality-wise. Yep. therein lies it's the all, mystery. <laughs> it
0: does and it's those layers yeah like your monthly cycle, the yep. moon cycle, the season so yeah. it's it's so layered and it is yeah and it makes so much sense that we're a part of it all and
1: yeah. yeah. And circling yeah. back to the first part of that question with the did you bring your children up to be pagan I think that uh, it's such an important thing to remember. Like with any sort of religion or belief system in general, um, mm-hmm. it's such a gift to be able to bring children up with the freedom for them to choose and yeah. um, and that power of choice. But obviously, if that's what you're choosing to live by yourself, they get to learn that, they get to see that, and they get to mm-hmm. assess how that sits with them, and then they get that openness and the freedom to decide for themselves, which is so beautiful because, you know, just one or two generations ago, they didn't have that choice. And, yeah. Um, and there was a lot of judgment around that and how people lived and how lucky are we these days to have access to all kinds of information and learn all kinds of different ways of being and, um, and to have that freedom of choice to That's seek huge. it out, to learn it, like, you know, you couldn't back in the day find out it, that information for fear of judgment
0: or mm. just for
1: fear of lack of access to that information. And these days, look, yeah. we have got podcasts where we can learn about it and oh. internet. It's just, you know, a click away. You can learn anything. So. We're 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 in such such a good time, but also when you were talking about um, your naming ceremonies and whatnot, I love Mm -hmm. that even though you chose not to, um, you know, have them baptised or christened or whatnot, you still, Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't go without something. You had a, there was still a ceremony there. Yes.
0: We had a ritual to welcome them into our family and welcome them into the world and acknowledge, yeah, that they've joined our family and yeah, it was it was really beautiful.
1: Yeah, that time and
0: they still space. wore um, a christening gown actually. When I think back, yeah. uh yeah. my my granny, who was an amazing seamstress, she made my christening gown that got passed through every child in our family on my father's side. Wow. And all of our names are um embroidered onto this gown. So I still dressed my children in that for their naming ceremony to have that connection the connection to um you know our family and there was also a bonnet that they wore that was made out of fabric from my great-grandmother's um wedding veil I'm pretty sure and parts of the wedding dress so we still incorporated like they're quite Christian things to do I guess having a christening dress and bonnet but yeah we used them for the naming ceremony to still have that connection
1: yeah Yeah, family beautiful ceremony with layers of ancestral tradition that's gorgeous. Yeah.
0: And you can do it your own way. We're so coming back again to being fortunate in this day and age that there is a lot less stigma and we are free to do things um yep. our own way and what resonates with us. And you know that goes for christenings or naming days or even weddings. You think about weddings now, you yep. know, you can get married pretty much wherever you like. <laughs> if you could exactly. you know dream it up you could do it so if yep. you want to get married in a rainforest or married on the yeah. beach or i'm sure people have been married in airplanes before who knows but you know there's it's
1: absolutely
0: yeah whatever feels right yeah, yeah.
1: well um my now husband and i were together 7 years before we actually chose to get married and I really was Mm -hmm. looking at why would we you know what does it mean for us neither of us were were religious and it Mm -hmm. was the it was the ceremony behind that it was acknowledging that we choose each other and all the other things that the tradition of marriage holds but not the not the um religious side you know it was that ceremony we wanted to acknowledge Uh, so that's what we did barefoot on the beach <laughs> love it
0: love it yeah we Eat did. On the earth.
1: Yeah, it was it was yeah. beautiful so it does sort of give you that freedom of choice to to feel out what it means for you and to honor that
0: yeah and I think it's so important to have these rituals in our lives um yeah. they mark points in time don't they like a yeah. naming day is marking that child being born and celebrating that. And obviously a wedding day is marking that union, you know, the two of you making that commitment. And yeah, oh, I could go right down the rabbit hole of different uh, rites of passage that I think yep. we have lost, um, yep. yeah, over time. Even, you know, girls getting their first period is kind of hidden now rather than celebrated or spoken about. Or I guess we still have baby showers, but usually it's mm-hmm. more about the baby than the mother. Um, I'd yeah. like to see it revert back to that woman being acknowledged of transitioning from a maiden into the mother and yeah big
1: bloody deal isn't it
0: (laughs) oh it's huge that's another podcast episode I think yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. we'll have to do it but yeah I couldn't agree more um yeah lost is an interesting word I think we've forgotten and yeah um, true and, mm. and thank goodness we've found a little forum to introduce that thought back into and um, yeah. to people looking for ways to include more meaning to include ritual and ceremony in the yeah. non-traditional sort of religious side but you still want something you know I'm not yeah. that but what what is there so this is great yep. to discuss this and um returning back to fangirling before we get on to the divine tool of the week I just I love hearing you and Tracy chat about all of that and thank you so much for both to both of you for sharing your wisdoms in different oh, areas no, and being so you know open. And vulnerable to do this. Um, because it is a big leap to have it recorded and <laughs> to have it out there and to listen to yourself back. And, oh, it really um, is it really But it's is. awesome, awesome. I know I'm getting so much benefit from it, and I know our listeners undoubtedly will be too. So thank you so much.
0: Oh no, thank you so much. And to your Matt for producing it and oh, giving, me this, giving me this platform. And yeah, like I remember when Tracy kind of floated the idea. I really shit myself, to be honest, because I was <laughs> like, oh, my God, like I'm a very yeah. private person. And um, like, I don't oh, like I don't just chat to everyone about my yeah. beliefs and my, of you know, course. my spiritual practices all the time. Yeah. And it's not something that I, you know, used to even bring up. But um, yeah. it's good. It's it's made me, you know, find my voice and and talk yeah. about these things and share them, because I understand that you know, there's so many people like myself that um, want a bit more deeper meaning in life mm. and ritual and to have those connections to the world around them. And, yeah, so thank you.
1: It's it's making me step up. And <laughs> <laughs> and you are. <laughs> Put it out there, my gosh. <laughs> you definitely are. Um, yeah, so, okay, fangirl aside because it's huge. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is the divine tool for this week?
0: So our divine tool of the week is Florida water. So I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it. Nope, nope,
1: nope.
0: Awesome. So that's what I had a feeling. Maybe a lot of people (laughs) wouldn't be familiar with it. So it's something that I've used in ritual for a few years now. Um, I will pop a photo of my little bottle up onto our socials. So Florida water can be used uh, to... Cleanse your space like you would with sage or, you know, smudging. And yeah, it's a beautiful little like spritzer for the air. And mm-hmm. there's all these beautiful ways you can use it. So I've got a little bit of history about Florida water. And it was first introduced into the United States in 1808 and mm-hmm. is named after the legendary Fountain of Youth, which is reported to have been located in Florida. And I don't know too much about this fountain. I need to research that. But yeah, oh, okay. yeah very interesting. Be and intriguing. it's known. For It is intriguing and it's known for its strong cleansing properties and it has base ingredient of alcohol and it also contains essential oils of lemon, orange and lavender oil. So you can imagine the smell. It's very fresh and kind of spicy. It's beautiful. Mm. And Florida Water is a popular spiritual perfume used in Hoodoo, Santeria and other magical practices. It has a scent resembling a citrus spice, but with some soothing floral elements that give it its famous, calming, cooling fragrance. It was considered a universal perfume because of the odor uh, is suitable for both men and women to wear and it can be used in a variety of ways. So, yeah, you can actually wear it like a perfume. But for ritual, it is used in purification rites, cleansing and to remove heavy vibrations and to encourage expression of emotions. So you can also use it um, to wipe things down. So... um, I didn't touch on this when we're chatting about altars, but in your altar space, you should really try to keep it clean and free of dust and Mm -hmm. maintain the energy. So you can actually use Florida water to wipe down your magical tools or wipe down the space Um, and it, yeah, and it will cleanse the energy and remove any negativity. Uh, It's also great for anointing your home. So You can, like, spray the doorknobs or spray around the doorframe. You know, if you're hanging anything like a talisman, you might spray the talisman before hanging it up. And you can also use it not only to clean your home but yourself. So you can pop some in a bath. So to have, like, a purifying cleansing bath on a new moon or a full moon. And then after the bath, you can spray some on your head, your neck, your heart and your feet. And that is for protection and balance. Got you. So, yeah. And then another thing you can do is rinse your hands in Florida water if you've been around negative people or (laughs) if you've been in a
1: a negative environment. Yeah. Maybe you
0: need to put a bucket over your head sometimes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Reuse some of their alcohol spritzer bottles and put some Florida water in there. And
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can mist your environment to repel negative energy and to dispel depression and stress. And I use it, yeah, before rituals. So if I don't feel like lighting up a smudge stick, I'll just use the Florida water instead and, and consecrate, you know, my space before ritual. Beautiful. So, yeah,
1: yeah, it's do really versatile. Your, yeah. Do you make your own or do you, is it something that you buy? You can.
0: Well, either. So you can buy Florida water. Um, yeah. There is actually a brand of Florida water you can purchase from the States. Okay. Or this one here, I actually bought this at um, like a psychic fair um. Dragon Space is the name of the person that made this. So it was a witch that made this and it smells so good. But I have found online there's a ton of recipes. So you can I'm sure. create it yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cause oh, I know I'm I've got lots of essential oils. So I was wondering, just thinking out loud yeah. whether or not I can make my own old Pinterest upper <laughs> For sure. Ingredient yeah. List of,
0: hmm. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure you'd be able to. So cool. yeah. And that'd be even more, you know meaningful I think if you made it yourself
1: it sounds like a useful tool to have for all those reasons that you described but it's multi-purpose which is, it is. Like something that's multi-purpose
0: so I absolutely yeah you can use it on your home your body your yeah everything
1: perfume <laughs> clean right? yeah <laughs> it's awesome that's yeah. a cool so divine Florida tool. water
0: No nice. welcome
1: thank you do you have any final words before we wrap it up Shannon
0: Oh, no, I think that's about it. I just, uh, for those of us in lockdown, yeah, I hope everyone's doing okay and, um, yeah, I know it can be really tough and try and keep up your spiritual practices during this time is a big one, I think. Um, Yeah, if you can do something each day to kind of reset your energy and balance, so whether that's a meditation or a walk in nature or, you know, doing some oracle cards, just trying to tap in and... Yeah, check in with yourself and stay safe and hopefully we'll come out of this sooner rather than later, that's for sure.
1: And pick up a phone if you need to and, you know, phone a friend, phone somebody, you're not alone even though you might feel like you're definitely alone, just ring someone as well.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Well, thanks for having me. I hope to be back. Oh, at some thanks point. for having
0: me. Yeah, no, I'd love to have a chat with you again. And it was fun. Thank you. It was good.
1: Yep. <laughs> and it was the silver lining for the re-record. So, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you to all the lovely listeners. And yeah, Shannon thank and you. Tracy will be back with you next week.
0: She shall. And um, yeah, if you have any questions or anything, please feel free to email them through. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Yep. Tos psychic at gmail.com. I'm pretty sure it's still the email we're using, isn't it, for the time being? Mm -hmm. For the Turns Out Network, it's still the psychic one, the original one, so that's cool. Beautiful. See you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.